Welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast, a podcast about business, employment, sports, and entertainment to help educate, support, and guide you to your next level. Here's your host, Attorney Savania DeBarros. Hello, everyone. I am back again with regular programming of What Are You Sporting About podcast. I have had so much fun over the last month as we were marketing and then also sharing in interviews with speakers from the NIL Combine Live event in 2023, this year, just in July. So we are back with our regular programming of What You Sporting About podcast. And I'm super excited because I have someone who is a beast in business, who is amazing, that has come on the show to share some of her insights and the things that she is doing. So listen, this is who we have today, Miss Kim Brady. She is a business and life coach, a two-time founder, speaker, two-time published author. She also channels her athletic excellence to elevating small businesses to enhance the lives of the entrepreneurs. And she is LGBTQ+. All right. So shout out to my LGBTQ people in the building. But here are some things that she's done that is amazing. She has recently published Get Stuck In, Lessons from the Pitch to Build Your Business, and is a co-author on a collaborative project titled Forever Athlete, a collection of stories from high-level performers in both sport and life. And she helps people to orchestrate the blueprint of their life and business on their own terms. And she wants you to get stuck in to the life um, that you want to live out loud. So absolutely amazing stuff. Kim, welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Savani. It's so nice to see you again. It's wonderful to uh, to hear your stories and to follow you for the past few years. So I'm happy to be here. You as well. You as well. So listen, before we dive into this interview, I definitely want to encourage you guys, if you did not attend NIL Combine, you are completely missing out. But there is a way that you can get access to all of the information um, that we covered at NIL Combine. Just go to bit.ly forward slash all dash access pass. Make sure that all access pass is in complete caps so you can be taken to the right place. So that is bit.ly forward slash all dash access pass. And you can see it at the bottom of my screen. So, Kim, again, welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast. And I want to start off with asking you, what are you sporting about? Oh, my gosh. We just ended the World Cup. So over the past 30 days with crazy hours with the World Cup being in Australia and New Zealand, I have had crazy hours myself. There were definitely some matches that I stayed up or I took a nap and then woke up at 3 a.m. to watch games. Other ones I was watching on replay, um, but that obviously is my sport, and we just finished it this past weekend, so that has been a, a fun follow. Yeah. I love that. So one of the things that you've said to me is that you you love taking that athlete, athleticism aspect and applying it to life, like all mm -hmm. the other things that come with being a human being with a business owner. Mm -hmm. How does that help you? I don't think you can extract who we are as a person and what we've spent hours and hours and hours and hours doing. So whatever sport we've done for as many years that we've done it, the discipline that we've had, 
the curating the teammates, curating their friendships, curating the relationships, learning from coaches, having great coaches, having not so great coaches, all of those experiences that we have fully translate in business. And when I first built my company 13 years ago, my first company, I had no business background. I had no business being in business. That's what I would tell people. I was trained as a family therapist. That's what I went to college for. And fast forward 20 years later when I build my first company. So also shout out to your, your audience. I was late to the party in business too. I didn't start my business until I was 38 years old. So taking all of those experiences of sport and wanting to build team around me, I couldn't do in the sales communities and the sales, corporate sales business environments I was in. It just didn't suit me. And then when I built my own team and I took those, those, as I say, soccer principles of you need a captain, you need the bench players. People have roles to play like a goalkeeper has a very specific job, right? And we all have roles that we play. And to surround myself with people who could do those types of things in business and to surround myself with attorneys. You know, I always come to you when it comes to different legal things for my, for my business owners because that's not my area of expertise. So what we do as athletes is we surround ourselves with elite people and people who are experts. And so all of those things totally translate in business. I can't take that part of me away. So yeah, I think it's just fully translatable. It doesn't go anywhere. That's amazing. You, you reminded me of a video clip I saw on social media about Les Brown. He is one of my favorite people, one of the most... <laughs> probably one of the most quoted speakers out there, but he has changed my life in so many different ways. And here's something that I've heard from him that um, I had never heard before. Old video. And he said, and I don't know if I'm quoting him correctly, but one of the ways to be successful is to make sure that there are quality people in your life. Mm -hmm. And you just basically pretty much just said that, right? Mm -hmm. um, elite people, qualified people, Oftentimes, I think when, as an athlete, if we want to transition into business, we just kind of tend to put people around us who we're comfortable with, not mm -hmm. thinking about whether this person is what we would consider a quality or qualified person to occupy whatever space or title that we're giving them in our business, right? Yeah. So I want you to kind of talk with me a little bit about that as a business coach, all right? Mm -hmm. Um and what you're seeing in business with your business owners okay. around, you know, lacking the proper individuals to be on their team. We all have people in our lives who potentially want the best for us, right? But they may not have a clue as to what we are trying to achieve. Like my mom and my dad and my brother and my stepsisters and no one in the family owns a business. So when I would talk with them about doing my business, I would call it's called OPOs, other people's opinions, right? Everybody has a, an opinion, but is that opinion a qualified opinion about what you're seeking? And when I started my first company, I sought out people who had expertise in precisely what I wanted to do. And one of those advisors was my financial advisor. And I had opted to take in my nephew. He was 19. So there's a little story behind how all of it started. But 
I took in my nephew and I said, you know, he wants to become a chef. I think I want to own a coffee shop. I want to bring a little California vibe to Denver. I miss studying in coffee shops, you know, that college atmosphere in some ways. But also it's instead of going to the bar, you could have a business meeting in a coffee shop. And I really kind of wanted that kind of opportunity. And she goes, no, I'm not going to let you use your money in that way. You don't want to own a brick and mortar. It's going to you're going to be married to it. So when we ask for advice from advisors, it better be from someone who understands you well and understands the financial impact of your decisions, understands the legal impact of your decisions, and who understands the, the overall long-term goals that you have as a person. And so she told me no when a whole bunch of other friends and family were like, yes, go to the coffee shop. We can totally see you. This is totally your vibe, Kim. Which opinion did I listen to? I listened to hers. And that decision allowed me to create a completely different business, follow my core values, and allowed me to move home to California over the course of 10 years. So other people's opinions matter, but make sure they're the opinions of people that can positively impact you and help you achieve your goals. And when you ask, like, what are my clients facing? I have clients in 10 different states currently. I have clients that are solopreneurs. I have clients that are consultants. I have clients that are former uh, soccer players, basketball players. Some are therapists. Some um, own a floral shop, a uh, personal trainer, all different activities. And so each of them have different legal issues because of the states that they're in. They need to. So I make sure that they talk with people in the state that they're in. I make sure that they talk and have an accountant in place because some of them don't understand money. They don't understand their dollars and cents. And it's not just about how much money you have. It's how cash flow works and it's how you can consistently build your service model. And the other part of what my my clients face and what I love helping with is that I like being kind of the cheerleader in the back. I like that COO role of helping that CEO like achieve his or her dreams. And when they come to me and they say, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this money. I don't know how I'm going to I keep repeating myself. My employees aren't listening to me or, you know, there's different policies and procedures that they haven't put in place. So what I like to do is just really help them systematize, create some efficiencies and help them work with their cash flow and put the right people in, in their in their in their sphere. And I think that's the, the fun part about being a business advisor is really helping them align with their goals and that I know exactly what they're going through because I'm one of the few business coaches that I know that have actually started, scaled and sold my own company. And not a lot of business coaches do that. You can hang a shingle to be a business coach. You can't hang a shingle to be an attorney without going through the motions and going through the classes and getting passing your passing your bar and being an actual legit attorney. Right. So you can also have business coaches that just have gotten a certification, but they don't necessarily know what it really feels like to run a company. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. So let's unpack <laughs> all of what you said. All right. So first things first, um, the advice that you listen to from a friend, because you could have easily just jumped on the bandwagon with the people who are championing you on to do something that may not and possibly would not have pushed your business forward. Right. So just even putting yourself in that position to know and to to understand all right, where do I actually want to go and what advice will can I take right now that will best support that? Even if I don't like it, even if it's scary, 
even if it doesn't feel good, okay? Because most of us want to just jump on the bandwagon of the yes people because it makes us feel better. But then we still stay in this cycle of, you know, uh, not really moving forward, not making any progression in our businesses or in our lives. So Mm -hmm. that's huge. That's number one, that's huge. All right. So that's a good takeaway. If people are listening to this, don't just go with, yes, I want to feel good, but go with the right advice that's going to help move you forward. And it's, it's going to look different for different people. It's going to feel different for different people. Right. Um, Another thing that you said too was being a business owner who has created a business, scaled it, and also sold it. Let's talk about that Mm -hmm. because often, and especially when I get on calls with my mid six figure, seven figure business owners, they don't have an idea or a plan of what they want to do with their business. Even if they want to keep the business in whatever fashion, like something's going to happen to you. You know, either you're going to get to the place where you can no longer be in the day to day operations of your business. Um, You can't run your business by yourself or you've passed away. Right. You're deceased. So at some point, whether you want to voluntarily or involuntarily, involuntarily, your business has to go somewhere or has to be put in the hands of someone. Yes. How often are you in front of or supporting business owners? who don't have any idea of what the exit will look like for the business or even just want to possibly exit. Like, yeah, help me, help me out with this. <laughs> I bring up succession planning with every single client, whether they're talking to me about their very first business idea and it's they're brand new mm-hmm. or whether they've been in business for a couple of years. Let's look at it from a sporting perspective. We talk about athletes all the time. Mm-hmm. We talk about, especially with NIL, what reputation do you want? What type of sponsorships do you really want? What are going to represent you and your core values? And when it comes to our sporting careers, at some point it's going to end, whether it's your choice or someone else's. So I shared this with another um, podcast that I was on yesterday. So it's a little top of mind, but it's something that I always ask myself. I was, I take it as a privilege that I was older and that my sporting experience I knew was going to end at my collegiate career, right? Because there was no opportunities to play soccer professionally, um, to play soccer professionally for myself at that time, unless you were on the women's national team and playing for them. And that was the start of the world cup arena and, and, and uh, legacy of those pioneers. But I could have gone to Japan and played, but I went to graduate school instead. And it was just my, my option. So when I was getting offered scholarships to go to college, I was offered more money at a different college than where I went. And I remember going to that college and they were schmoozing me my mom loved this, this coach. I played for him for a long time and it's by the beach and it's closer to home. It's four hours North of my family. And I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Just doesn't feel right. And then I went up to Berkeley and I feel like it, I felt and still do feel like it was my favorite pair of jeans. I never want to take them off. You know, it's your favorite sundress on the beach that you just don't want to get rid of. Right. And you have the beautiful memories of it. And I walked on the campus at Cal and one of my former teammates was a year ahead of me and teammate from state team and club and all this. She was already there. And uh, 
<clears throat> she basically swore at me from across the from across the street. She's like, "Give me Brady, you better effing come to this school." My dad looked at me and he goes, "I know where you're going, right?" And I was like, "If I can't play, if I got cut, if I got injured, where would I rather get my degree from?" Hands down, it was Cal. And so I all always have had this thing of a plan B. If I can't continue, what are my plans? And I do this process with every single one of my clients because you can't, it took me five years to exit my business. It is not an easy process to put in place. And if you don't have your policies and procedures unlocked, if you don't have your operations manual, which I call the business Bible, it's this document or all these documents on your computer, et cetera, if they are not written out and you were in a hospital tomorrow and your company can't run, you don't have a succession plan. So what I did was I basically built a business in a box. So, you know, I'm your most highly decorated toilet bowl cleaner you're ever going to meet. I built a residential housekeeping company. I built it with the end in mind, which was, could I move back home to California? Could I leverage employees if I couldn't work and still get paid? Could my money work harder than I do? Could I train employees to become potential managers and take on the role of sales so I don't have to be in the business 24-7 and I can train other people? So every single thing that I wanted in my lifestyle which was also never wearing a business suit because I hate corporate America and the archaic things about how we're supposed to, to dress or how you're supposed to wear your hair. Let's make it real, right? Let's make this real for people who exit their sport and they have a name that's non-white. Or if you are a person who is gay, like I am, you're not welcome in most environments because it's white dominated heterosexual men. And so the majority of the places that I would walk into were shocked that I was a business owner. They also don't give you a lot of help. They don't give you any money and they don't do anything. So I had to create a system that said, this will take care of me because no one else will. And so when I talk with my clients about if you didn't have any support, if you don't have mom and dad around, if you don't have a business partner, if you don't have a spouse, if you don't have these options, what can you create? So you really have to be creative in thinking, forward thinking of what if, how do I prepare for this now? Will this choice that I make, say purchasing a CRM system, will the CRM system grow with me as my business or am I only thinking short term? to solve a short-term problem, right? So sometimes we invest money in things to fix a short-term problem, but it can create bigger problems at the end. And I know you face that with your clients where there's short-term decisions instead of long-term decisions that can build their legacy brand and trademarking and things like that and intellectual property and proprietary information. And all of these things are very valuable for business owners to think about because you're not selling your brand, you're selling to a human being on the other end. So what legacy do you want to live? Is this human being is providing a service or a product to that human being? And what do I want that legacy to be? Oh, that is so good. That is so good. Because that is one of the biggest problems. In addition to what you said too, just making sure that people, they understand your vision. But for other people to understand your vision, you also have to understand yours. 
<laughs> right? You have to have a vision. Yes. And then that wraps back into this whole short-term conversation, short-term versus long-term. This is one of the mm-hmm. things that when I have, for instance, let's use trademark. When people come to my firm, they're like, hey, I want to protect my brand. I want to file mm-hmm. for trademark. One of the first things right. that I'm asking is, okay, how do you intend to use this brand long-term? Right. Right. Because what we want to do is start thinking about how we need to protect the brand long term based on your application. Right. Right. For federal protection. But typically people go in and they'll just file this one little small sentence about how they're currently using it or using their brands, their marks and leaving themselves open for other people to use the same brand in a different way. So you think about business from that aspect. We go in and we say, okay, well, I'm tired of this employer. I just want to work for myself because I'm tired of, you know, going to work from nine to five. So, okay, you start your own business. It may have solved the short term problem, which is (laughs) removing you from underneath the employer that you don't like. But now long term means that you're going to be working 16 hours a day as an entrepreneur to get your business started. Right. You might be working double, triple hours in a week than what you would have worked at a job. All right. But then also just in our businesses, we think short term of I want to make this amount of money right now or in the next year or in the next five years. But we don't think about long term. Will that business take care of me? Can I pass this business? Like you said, legacy. Can I Mm -hmm. pass this business on to my kids? Now, sometimes our kids may not even want the business, but if they don't want the business, have I created or set my business up in a way where if my kids don't want the business, I can sell it and I can send the money to my kids. A sellable asset is not just a client list. And so many people think they have a sellable asset when all they do have is a client list. They don't have the systems and processes in place. They don't have things written down. It's all in their heads, right? Or maybe you've had a family where they have, the, where the, typically an older man owns the business for years and they're exiting and they're dying and there's no succession plan in place, right? And all the kids are like, we don't have any idea. He knew all the friends and family. He built all these relationships. And this is the thing is you and I both know this, that that relationships and businesses are built on a handshake and a smile. You do have to know, like, and trust the people you do business with. But there's a reason why we have contracts in place and there's reasons why legal things need to be written down. And when I sold my company, when I went to my business broker and and I was interviewing business brokers to potentially sell the business and he thought, he's like, I've sold about five different types of cleaning businesses. And he thought all of them were roughly similar and that he was selling a client list in, you know, less than a hundred thousand dollar client list. Right. I had a hundred clients. I had eight employees. I was locally based in Denver, all this stuff. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. I have an entire business in a box. I've been working from my kitchen in California for three years. I flew in for this conversation. And he goes, you what? And I go, yeah, my business is running without me. I live in California. And he was like, holy cow. I, how did you do that? So I had a business broker asking me how I did it. And it's truly all on sports principles. It was I knew the people had a role that I needed them to be able to do. And it was my responsibility. The buck stopped with me. If I didn't train them properly, if I didn't get the right um, systems in place, if I didn't get the supplies, the proper vendors, if I didn't have all the territory management in place, if I didn't have the CRM in place, if I didn't have the email system, all this stuff, none of this would run if, 
it was always in my head. And so he was fascinated by that. And I got a valuation of 2.5% of what he thought my client list was. And so that's what I talk to my clients about is a sellable asset has to be something that is tangible, that someone else can read, borrow, do, replicate, et cetera. So when you're teaching people to duplicate themselves, I, you can't really duplicate the founder, but you can duplicate parts of what the founder does. So what I did was, okay, I need someone to do more cleaning because I did it by myself to start in the first year and a half. A lot of people are unwilling to do that too, right? You might be really, it might be a really great thing that someone's a business owner. Okay, they're an entrepreneur. They're, it's sexy, whatever. It's not sexy when you're doing the 16 hours work and people forget that. It is that old school athlete of going and playing in the schoolyard after dark when no one else wants to play anymore and shooting hoops and doing your reps and getting your fitness in and doing all the things. You apply all those skills to business and you're going to be a successful entrepreneur. But if you don't and you expect all the goodness to come without the 10,000 hours of grind that you need to put in to get there and become that expert, you're going to fail. So my whole intention was I'm not going to fail. I'm going to apply everything I know in sport and I need someone else who can do cleaning. So my very first hire was someone who's better than me at cleaning. Found him. He still works for the company, for the new owner, going on 11 years. So retention of employees is massive. The other piece is I wanted someone who could I could teach to do sales so that I wasn't driving all over the place. And I also knew that my sales would dip because she was learning how to do something. And a lot of times business owners struggle with releasing the reins. They get their ego involved, right? And they're the best at this whole thing. And no one else is as good as them. And they have to do it and they have to micromanage. And what they don't realize is you're not teaching someone just like a parent. You're not teaching your children to learn to, how to do something themselves. An employee who will be successful and wants to grow and wants a career path needs the opportunity to fail. So I was teaching my, my manager how to sell and she's like, how often, what's your closing ratio? I go nine out of 10. I'm in, I'm 90%. She goes, I keep, I don't, I haven't closed anything. I said, I know I need to see what your mistakes are so I can teach you how to do them better. You're not in trouble. I can make this up. I will teach you how to do it. And I think that's also very, very important when you're an entrepreneur is you need to remove your ego and you need to train people to be successful within your company and building career paths within your company to provide jobs to others allows people to stay because people get bored and they want to know that they have an opportunity to grow. So there's a lot to unpack in that, but that was why I was able to sell my business because I took it from a people perspective and I was willing to remove my ego and train people to do things and to exit myself out of the everyday tasks. Yeah, that is good. That's good. So let's, let's segue a little bit because um, I love the the thought process and the model of one, and I, I literally just kind of had this conversation the other day, is with me becoming a better leader, mm -hmm. right? Because um, sometimes we think, okay, when we bring people on, well, they, they can't do it fast enough, so I'll just do it. Right. Right. But you really have to take a step back, take the time and properly train people and then give them the encouragement to keep going and keep moving forward with, of course, you know, proper uh, construction or, or, or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but 
becoming a better leader is so important in order to building a company. And like you said, retention, retaining, Mm -hmm. because you could lose a lot of money just on having a turnover. turnover. Right. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to my next question is what type of clients do you typically, well, who do you want to work with? Who do you prefer and like to work with? So if there's anybody out here that needs a business coach, I'm a coach. I want to help service-based people. So whether you're a solopreneur wanting to be a consultant like myself, I, if you're a therapist, I used to be a therapist. Therapists are not trained how to build businesses. They don't even know how to build their own practices. Okay. So if they're a, a soccer coach or a basketball coach, they stepped out of playing their sport. Now they're coaching their sport. Why not make yourself a business entity and you get paid as a business versus a personal stuff because what if someone wants to sue you they can sue your business but not sue go against you and we all know we're in a litigious society right now and coaches can't do anything right someone's gonna you're gonna do something wrong and someone's gonna be angry at you right so i have all different kinds of solopreneurs that i work with service-based businesses whether they're real estate agents they're cleaning companies electricians plumbers your coffee shop next door i love helping people train their staff to be better than them. Because if you can train someone up, you can level them up. This is our task as athletes too. I want the next generation of players to be better than me because I can give them better tools. I can give them better better experiences. I can bring other people around them. That's how I view this with business too. Make it better than what it is now for the next person. How do we do that? Retention of employees My industry has a three-month turnover. Every three months, someone is hiring some new cleaner because they don't have a good relationship. Clients are dissatisfied. This is a front-facing experience for people. You are going into people's homes. You are, they're entrusting you with their goods. They're entrusting you with their children. They're entrusting you with their animals. So I built my cleaning company from such a empathetic, compassionate perspective, which was my employees mattered more than my clients because I can find clients anywhere, but to find the right employees takes a lot of time, effort, and energy. So if I I can help a business owner switch gears who are so focused on clients and sales and revenue. And I'm like, but your ROI will completely, literally catapult itself. If you have retained high quality employees who have a buy-in into what they're doing this for, we all know, we all know people get a job because they need money, right? Everyone has to work in some format to have an income coming in, right? But why do they pick your business? Let's take the money off the table. And this is always what I ask my client or ask my employees. said, okay, tell me what your dreams are. I know you need a job. What are your dreams? What do you want to learn? I know this is a cleaning company, but I'm a different cleaning company. What do you want to learn? What do you want to do? So I had employees come in like, I don't really know how to be a manager. What would I need to do to become a manager? Oh, well, I I can train you to do that. Let's show you this pathway of, of how to do that. Well, I don't want to train anybody. So I'd like to just be really good at cleaning. I'm a single mom and I want to be able to go home and be there for my son when he comes home from school. 
okay, I can build a schedule for you that's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can clean one house a day with a team or two houses a day with a team, or we could do one house a day for you. And where would do we need to get you financially? So when you start asking your employees about who they are, not just what pay they want, you can positively impact your own bottom line by retaining employees because they say their leader cared about them. That was why I have the employees that I have over the course of my average tenure was five years. And my first two employees still work for the new owner and the owner who bought my business. I've known him for 18 years. And that was by pure chance that he wanted to buy my business. He was one of my board of directors way in the beginning. So that's what I try to teach people. So when you're asking me who are my favorite clients to work with, Anybody who has a service-based business and a service mentality who wants to improve their business, I can help you with that. Yeah. That is so good. That's so good. All right. So where can these individuals connect with you at? Several places. KimBradyBusinessCoaching.com. You can see a little bit more about me and where I live and, and uh, the services I provide. I'm also on LinkedIn. As you know, I constantly am sending you messages via LinkedIn. <laughs> Hey, sis, I have someone for you to talk to. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn with Kim Brady. I am on Instagram as Coach KB15 and Facebook is also Coach KB15. So, yes, you can reach me in all of those places. I would love to work with some of your clients. That'd be awesome. I think we'd be great partners to work together. You know, I'd tee them up for you to make sure that they're set up legally, too. I don't mess with people. If you don't have a proper foundation, let's put this out there. Yes. If you do not have a proper foundation or unwilling to have a proper foundation and want to do anything shady, I'm not your coach. Mm. Boom. Okay. And I'm definitely not your lawyer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Because I want you to build something that lasts and I want you to build mm -hmm. something that makes you proud. And you never know who's watching. That is so true. So be proud. Do something from so the right perspective and the right foundation. Yes. Yeah. So you guys make sure that you follow her LinkedIn, go to her website, uh, follow her on Instagram and Facebook. But also, where can they get a copy of your book? Ah, well, both books are available on Amazon. Um, so you can find Get Stuck In Lessons from the Pitch to Build Your Business. I get royalties from those on Amazon. The Collaborative Project, I don't via Amazon. So if you want my books and you'd like them signed, more than happy to sign them for you. You can go to my website, KimBradyBusinessCoaching.com slash books, and you can order any of the books that I have, and I will personally sign them for you. So, yeah, that'd be great. That is awesome. So I was over here trying to... <laughs> Put in the link. So go to KimBradyBusinessCoaching.com forward slash books. And that way you will be able to see her individual authored um, book, Get Stuck In, but also the collaborative book. So you want to go to this link um, and get your copies. One thing I know as a business owner and entrepreneur and creator of multiple brands is that it takes more than just having a good idea. It takes having, like she said before, the right team, the people who understand what it is that you are trying to accomplish, what you want long-term for your life and for your family. Um, and so that means that we have to latch on to the resources that are available. And sometimes a resource, even if you don't have the ability to invest into one-on-one -on -one services, start with the book. 
right? Start with getting on her list and listening and reading the information that she has for for business owners. So if you are a service-based business owner, she specifically wants to work with you. So I encourage you guys go to KimBradyBusinessCoaching.com right now so that you can book your consultation with her, get a copy of her books or resources, just dive in. All right. Like she said, get stuck in, get stuck in on the resource. (laughs) That's a soccer term. That's a soccer term. It's, it's, if you don't go into a tackle fully committed, you're going to be the one that gets hurt. So you Mm. have to get stuck in on that tackle. And it's the same thing about business. You got to get stuck in. It's a long-term decision to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't come overnight. And it requires due diligence. And um, yeah, I am obviously very easy to connect to. You can reach out to me anytime. I'm more than happy to, to spend time with people and answer any questions. And I also like to share, I don't ask people to do something I'm unwilling to do. Over 13 years, I've invested over $100,000 in my own coaches. I hired coaches when I first started my company. As I mentioned, I didn't have any business being in business. I hired a, a, a business coach to help me with employee retention, and I hired a business coach to help me with my exit strategy. And then with my new business, I've hired other people to help me in my business in this coaching practice as well. So definitely investing yourselves, just like you do in training as athletes, you do it as an entrepreneur. There's not any, there's no one, none of us who've succeeded in life without having mentors and coaches. I'm telling you, and sometimes you got to pay for your mentor. A yep. lot of times you got to pay for your coaches because mm-hmm. um, I have to, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, I have yep. to. And the people who I know who are millionaires and multimillionaires yep. and eight figure uh, millionaires, they pay for coaches. Yes. Right. They yes. pay for mentors. They pay to be in the room to connect with the people that's going to take them further in life. And, you know, success, a lot of times it's not just about the money, but it's also being connected with the right people. The money right. is a tool that will help you to connect with the right person who will actually help you to create and build more money. Right. Yes. So yes. Yeah. So let's get stuck into that. <laughs> Love you. You rock. Yes, protector oh, of athletes. Yes. Yes. So guys, it has been a pleasure to speak with Kim. And I hope, I mean, this woman dropped so many nuggets. I hope you guys have been paying attention. Because there's a lot of things that you can learn just from this podcast episode. So just like we said, find your resources wherever you can, but also make sure that you get a hold of her books. Go to her website, KimBradyBusinessCoaching.com, so you can figure out how you can start working with Kim today. And of course, another resource for you is the All Access Pass, the replay to NIL Combine 2023. Listen, yes, NIL Combine is all about student athletes and their parents, coaches, to help them understand name, image, and likeness. But as a business owner, even if you're not a student athlete, you are still someone who's utilizing and generating name, image, and likeness. You want to leverage, you want to monetize, but you also need to protect what we call your NIL. So if you missed it, make sure that you go to bit.ly forward slash all dash access pass, bit.ly forward slash all dash dash access pass. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash all dash access pass and make sure that you put that in all caps so you can be taken to the right place. I am Savannah DeBarros, the protector of athletes. And as always, guys, it is my pleasure to educate, motivate, and support you to your next level. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on What Are You Sporting About? podcast. Make sure to visit our website, prosportlawyer.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite platform is so you'll never 
never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or iHeartRadio. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, What Are You Sporting About? Attorney Savania DeBarros is available for private consulting at sldebarros.com. And remember, we're here to educate, support, and guide you in your journey to success because we're all sporting about something. Thank you.